0: You're listening to Tea with Basha, a podcast that inspires you to curate your life and be the version of yourself that you want to be. My name is Basha Restrepo, and I'm sharing lessons, perspectives, and discussing topics that will help you help yourself. Because as they say, everything that you need is already within you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Basha. Today, we're talking about why adulting is harder than it needs to be. Most people are familiar with the term adulting, but if you're not, I'll read you the definition from Urban Dictionary. So adulting is to carry out one or more of the duties and responsibilities expected of fully developed individuals, i.e. paying off that credit card debt, settling beef without blasting social media. So you kind of hear it everywhere. You kind of, you have a basic understanding of what adulting is. It's, it's being an adult. But I feel like there's this period of time in life where there's such a sudden and drastic change in everything that it, at least for me, I found that it threw me off tremendously. I was completely thrown off when I was thrust into adulthood. And I kind of felt as if, and I wonder if anybody else has had this experience where I just kind of felt as if I was spinning just spinning. I just didn't know what direction to go in. And I was going around and around and around. And eventually I was able to consciously become aware of what was going on enough to stop myself, pull myself back, take an objective look at where I was and where I was going and almost parent myself. And I think that there are three reasons that this happens. If this has happened to you. It's not that we're bad people. It's not that you're a bad person because you are going crazy in your late teens and early twenties, or you, you don't know what you want to do in your life. Like there's a reason that this is happening. And this happens to a lot of people because a lot of my friends have experienced the same thing. And so I just want to let you know that you're not alone. And there are reasons outside of you that have caused this kind of chaos. So the first reason is a little bit controversial. and It's controversial because it's our parents. So again, I know this is a controversial idea. It may not be the case for everyone, but we grow up with this misconception that our parents know everything. And we try to model our lives based on their direction and advice. So when you're trying to figure yourself out and your example is your parent or a parent, your mom, your dad, they have had their life up until that point. And their life, their opportunities, things they have gone through have been completely different than the things that you have or are going through. They might have a set idea on what they want you to become or who they want you to become for a number of reasons. Maybe they wanted to achieve something and haven't yet or feel like they can't. And they try to instill that in you that you're supposed to carry the torch, so to speak. And I think that that is a negative thing because it doesn't actually factor in the reality that everybody's different and everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses. I feel like growing up, maybe your parents expect you to become a doctor, but you're just an artist and that's just who you are. But if your parents are forcing this kind of agenda on you to become this, become that, you lose that sense of self and it's confusing. Because your passion and your life wants to take you in one direction, but your parents, who you trust and love and respect, are leading you in another direction. So, again, this isn't the case for everybody, but there needs to be some sort of balance. And parents have baggage. Our parents have their own baggage. We all have baggage, all of us. So, it's just really important to remember that because I think that. A lot of people live a lot of their childhood life and maybe even their young adulthood, and geez, maybe even their adulthood, trying to please their parents. But that just prevents you from living your best life. And I'm not saying disown your parents. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you have to understand that there is an autonomy here that I feel like isn't really acknowledged by some. And being that your parents are pretty much teaching you everything. They're not necessarily, if they have their own agenda, going to teach you to be autonomous from them. And again, like I said, this is not everybody. This is not everybody. I want to share this with the people that may not understand that or people that may be going through some difficult times. Our parents are human beings who have literally tried their best to navigate life the same way that we currently are. And I didn't actually understand this until I witnessed it until I witnessed it around me, until I witnessed my husband go through something, until I witnessed some friends going through something. It was that kind of period of detachment, so to speak, the period where you are already an adult, but there's that residual guilt that you're feeling about growing up that should never exist. My husband and I got married and things changed so dramatically in our lives in terms of our relationship with both of our parents. I'm fortunate that my relationship with my mother actually improved. I'm very fortunate, but that requires effort on both sides. However, in terms of my husband, that just did not happen. It actually created a rift because it highlighted the reality that his parents were trying to control him. And if parents don't actually take a step back and understand that child is autonomous, and I'm not talking in terms of parenting a young child. I'm talking now in terms of adulthood because the situation is completely different when you're, when you're a child. Your parents are trying to teach you the way of life and their way of life. But as an adult and as you grow up into teenage years and adulthood and you're developing more of a sense of self and your own autonomy, I feel like parents can oftentimes almost fear that Because that's the sense that I was getting in my observation with my husband's situation. And unfortunately, it created such a rift in their relationship that the relationship is completely broken. And that's assuming that there was one to begin with other than a kind of like authoritarian control type of situation. But again, I'm not going to go too heavily into that right now, but I may go into that when I start talking about mother-in-laws in (laughs) in, in another episode. And again, I'm not saying any of this so that we can go outside and do things that we're not supposed to do and say just, okay, I blame my parents for everything. No, that's not the case. The point here is to understand that your parents have lived their lives and they've made their decisions and they have their own views. And that's okay because everyone has their own views and their own opinions. And that's the beauty of living in a world with so many people. You can learn from so many different people. Parents need to understand that their children have a lot to offer. You can learn so much from children. You can learn so much from teenagers. You can learn from adults. You can learn from each other. But I feel like this, again, I understand that there's an element of this will always be my child. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's amazing. But sometimes it can extend beyond this is my child and will always be my child and I know what's best for my child because that I know what's best for my child kind of, at least in the adult world or when the children finally grow up, they know what's best for them because they know what makes them happy. And so understanding this, I feel it could really change a lot of relationships if we're just happy for each other in general without judgment and without the need to control and direct and micromanage releasing that need in whatever not just parents i'm just saying this happens in in romantic relationships it can even happen in friendships if that's released watch relationships improved dramatically and it's funny because as much as I don't want to admit that I watch, as my husband calls it, garbage TV, I don't want to call it that because I don't think it's garbage. And if anybody's listening that's on one of these shows, I just want to say you guys are hilarious. But if you're dealing with situations and relationships that are confusing or you don't know how to navigate, just watch something like 90-day fiance. Because I feel like that does a real that show does a really good job of illustrating so many incredible relationship types of scenarios and different ways in which families get involved and parents and the influence that, and just in general influence in relationships and marriages. I feel like it does a really good job of illustrating it. So this is literally the first time I've ever watched reality TV and I fell down a rabbit hole. I was literally sitting down one day and I watched a commercial for 90 Day Fiance. This was November, 2020, and I fell down the rabbit hole and I'm still in it. I've now fallen so deep into the rabbit hole that I'm now watching Marrying Millions. So just letting you know, these things are out there and they're you can actually learn from them. Am I really making the case right now for watching reality TV? Yes, I am. Wow, we've arrived here. The second reason why I think that adulting is harder than it needs to be is school. And again, this is going to be a very controversial kind of subject, but I feel like at least you know i've been through the school system i went to public school by the way i love public school i love the teachers but the system itself is what i dislike and i've been everywhere from preschool to all the way through graduating law school so i've been in a few different schools we're not really we're not really encouraged at least in my experience because i know that everybody has had their different experiences different schools different situations. But there is an obvious disparity in access, which I'm not addressing in this podcast episode. But outside of that, we aren't really taught adult skills in school, which I think is a flaw. I think that it's so crucial to teach kids, for example, their rights. I wish I had known my rights early on because just the aspect, even if I weren't exercising my rights per se. My constitutional rights here, I'm speaking from, I'm here in New York, so I'm in America. My constitutional rights here in America, if I were to know those rights, at the very least, I would know that there were certain protections that I had. And again, everyone is different, but I'm saying specifically in school. I think that should be fundamentally addressed as a course. I think that would be incredible in just helping a lot of different people navigate the world and navigate decisions. And sometimes you find yourself in situations and you don't know what to do, but knowing your rights absolutely would help that. Absolutely. Another thing that we aren't taught, which is a skill in adulting is investment and how to invest your funds and how to invest your money. And again, I'm aware that a lot of this may be Expected to be taught in the home, but you can't expect everyone's home life to be the same because it's not. Some people are single parents, some people are struggling, some people don't have access. A lot of people don't have the same opportunities across the board. And since we go to school, I feel like it would be phenomenal to have a course like an investment course to just take kids through the process of managing money and investing their money. That's, again, a whole separate conversation on why that may not be the case. And also, when we're in school, we're just pretty much taught to blindly respect and not question authority, which I think is a complete failure in the system, at least in, again, this is all my perspective. But it's funny because I went to public school And my husband went through the private school system. So we have completely different experiences in terms of schooling. One of the reasons is access. But outside of that, he went to a religious-based private school. So that was even more of a kind of don't question anything, don't question authority kind of deal. And it's funny because I've... Grown up, and I kind of have always been the type to question things and question authority and just question in general. And he was not really that way until a bit later on in life, he told me. He told me he started to question things when he moved out of his home and he went to school in Florida, when he came back, he just felt a little bit different. So I think that that is, at least, I mean, it wasn't as intense in my experience, I think, as it was in his. But there was an element of that. There was a little bit of a constant discomfort. And I'm not talking about misbehaving. I'm not talking about that. Because obviously, if you're misbehaving in a class and distracting other kids from learning, that's a problem. But we have to kind of take into account that people are different and people have different ways of learning and being. And so it's interesting because I feel like, and again, This is not a knock on teachers because teachers are, they're incredible and they're incredibly underpaid for what they do, which is insane to me. But I feel like the system itself, it doesn't allow for an open environment. And I actually went to a school, which I believe they tried to address this. And honestly, this is not to say that my school, my high school, was the best high school ever. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that my experience I found was a little bit different than other people because I went to a school that was experimental. The first year that I went to the school, and this is Bard High School, early college in New York City, was the first year that it opened up. And the experiment was to pretty much complete high school in two years. And at 16, start college courses. So by the time I graduated at 18, I was able to have a high school degree and also an associate's degree, which was amazing. It was intense, but the environment there was very open and welcoming. And whenever I spoke to friends that were in, you know, the more traditional high schools, I felt that they just kind of continued their junior high school experience. It was the same kind of environment. And I was very thankful to have gone to a school that valued the individual and focused on expression and open-mindedness. I remember the first thing that we would do when we came in for the day, I guess, it was homeroom, I guess. I don't believe that's what it was called in my school, but we would just sit down and free write. And we would free write for, gosh, I can't even remember, maybe 10 minutes, and then read our free writes. If we wanted to share them, I never shared them because I was terribly, I had the worst social anxiety you could ever imagine. I didn't want to speak. I had trouble speaking for a very long time in my life. And it's kind of ironic because I'm speaking to you right now, which goes to show you that you can grow through anything if you want to. So, implementing something into the school system where there is encouragement for self expression and Understanding, I think, would be instrumental in young adults' self development because sometimes it takes just sitting with yourself and your thoughts and writing or journaling or even just sitting and thinking. It sometimes takes that act to actually understand yourself. And once you start understanding yourself and what you like, what you don't like, who you like, who you want to surround yourself with, that is when life starts to fall into place. Finally, I think the last reason that I think that adulting is a lot harder than it needs to be is because we lose our inner child. We lose that happy-go-lucky, vital individual that we were as children and even as young adults. And obviously, none of us are going to have the same energy that we did when we were seven years old running around in circles for like three hours, because I know I'm not. I know that's just completely impossible. There are times where I run for like Five minutes and I'm out of breath. Maybe I'm just extremely out of shape, which is possible. But we do lose that inner child. We lose that kind of naive love for the world that we once had. And I lost that temporarily myself, but I got it back. And one of the most beautiful things about children, I think, is that they don't have a filter. They don't necessarily care what people think. They are 100% themselves. They're goofy. They say the darnest things, right? And they just exist. They exist and they're happy. And we lose a lot of that because society teaches us that we need to watch what we say. We need to watch who we are for other people. But what does that do? And I'm not talking about, again, none of the stuff that I talk about is in the context of something malicious or negative. It's just simply something as simple as not wanting to spend time with someone that doesn't make you feel happy. The best example I can give you most recently is the detachment, for example, that my husband went through and my involvement in that. I was thrust into a very large family when I got married or when I got engaged pretty much, even dating. I was thrust into this large family and I felt as if I had to... Adjust the way that I was in order to fit into that family because I was marrying the family. But as I was adjusting myself and trying to fit in, I realized number one, the further I was getting away from my true self, my authentic self. And number two, it wasn't working anyway. It wasn't working anyway because if anybody truly loves you, they will never ask you to change who you are, to fit into some sort of bubble. That they expect for you. And I was starting to change myself in order to get these people to accept me, I guess. But I stopped accepting myself as a result. And what did that do? That made me incredibly unhappy. I still wasn't accepted by these people. And I was just living in a chaotic bubble of unhappiness. And around and around I went. And once I started to pull back from that and just stay true to my authenticity, it was met with a lot of turmoil. And again, I'll talk more about that when I talk about toxic relationships in another episode. But the whole purpose of saying this and this example is that you can't necessarily live your life based on what other people think. Because if you do that, you are entering a world of unhappy. So that's really one of the biggest things is breaking out of that matrix of thinking that you need to care what people think about you in order to survive the best thing that you can do is to just go back and to try to channel that inner child, that happy if your inner child is happy. There are people who may have had rough childhoods, and but what I'm talking about specifically in terms of an inner child is that mentality that children have, the mentality of carefree. And I don't mean... Ignore your problems and just run around in a circle. I mean, just take a look at the world through the lens of anything is possible because it is. At the end of the day, it is. If you release all of that density around you, the toxic energy, the toxic people, the people that don't support you and your dreams, no matter how out there they seem to others, if they feel right to you, that's really what matters. I mean, that's all that children do. They thrive in their imagination. And that's why they're so happy. I wish I had known that earlier on because I was so quick to grow up and be an adult and pay bills and do this and do that that I completely lost that essence of happiness. And it's completely possible to get out of whatever funk you may be in. It's completely possible to live your happiest life at any point right now. It's that easy and it's almost intimidating to think that you can live your adult life extremely happy for some, for some, it can be really intimidating for the people that have been trained to think that it's, it's dreary, that it sucks, that this is just growing up sucks and doing this sucks. Like if your mentality has become that, and if you've been trained to think that way, you're just trapped in a matrix temporarily that you can completely get out of. So that's all we have today. I just want to do a quick recap. Our parents have baggage. Remember that. They're not perfect, but they try their best. Some of them. School isn't everything. If you're not mastering school, your life isn't over. Because there's way more to life than school. And Ivy League names and this, that. Life is not about that. And find your inner child. Go outside. Color in an adult coloring book. Sit on the grass get grass stains on your clothing. It's okay. You can get detergent and clean it out. But just do something that would make your inner child happy, even if it's one thing. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast for more episodes like this. Tune in next week when I'll be talking about toxic relationships, how to identify them, and how to navigate them. I hope you have an incredible week or weekend.